Thank you for listening to Cinematic Reviews. This is a special episode that I'm bringing to you to give you my top 10 favorite movies of all time. I just want to be clear up front here that the movies that I'm putting in this category are not necessarily the 10 that I think are the greatest movies of all time. They're just my personal favorites. The motivation I have here is to give you some insight into who I am, what type of movies really appeal to me, and I I don't know, hopefully it's interesting to you, but here's my top 10. The first one on the list, and by the way, I'm not doing this in any particular order. These are my top 10 favorites, but I will mention if it does hold a particular place in that in that ranking, if that makes sense. So if I get to a certain movie and I feel like it holds up a little bit higher than some of the others, I will mention that. So the first one on the list here, and I think it is probably my ultimate favorite, is Fantastic Mr. Fox. This is just Wes Anderson at perfection. It is just the best movie. I just love it so much. I never get sick of it. The subtlety of the humor in this movie and the fascinating stop animation just draws me in anywhere, anytime. I love the characters. I, I, especially uh, his son, Ash, I just love this movie so much. It brings me so much happiness and so much joy. So fantastic, Mr. Fox. I think I'm going to put that as number one. That is pretty much my very favorite movie. So I know I started off on the climax there, but there's a, there's a lot here I want to talk about. The second movie on the list, and it's definitely in the top three. I'm kind of debating maybe some of the positioning there, but it's, I know it's going to be a controversial movie as far as being on my favorites list, but the movie is Tree of Life with Jessica, Jessica Chastain and Brad Pitt. Look, I've just never seen anything as beautiful as this movie. I think there's a lot of people that might call it pretentious, but I, I really don't think so. I think somehow it, it feels like it has enough substance to stay above being pretentious. It also just really hits me at my core. It's, it is not completely or even mostly symbolic of my life necessarily, but I do relate to a lot to the relationship of the two brothers and the family dynamic in this movie. And to me, it represents just utter perfection of filmmaking. I had one friend who we recommended it to, and and she just basically said, uh, I had to just turn it off because it was nature scenes for like 20 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. There's just there's wonderful moments where it's just this beautiful symbolism of symbolism and it has this immersive quality to these parts of the movie. It look, it isn't a movie to watch on a small screen. Not at all. This is a theater experience type of movie. You have to have the big screen. You need to have the sound as loud as possible. Sound is so key to this movie. And I absolutely adore it. It is highly underrated. In fact, I actually recently saw a comment on YouTube saying that people either rate this movie as 0 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. I personally am one of those that rates it 10 out of 10. I think it's the pinnacle of filmmaking. And and no, it isn't full of so- soap operatic nonsense and and dun-dun-dun and relationships and crazy things happening or intricate plot points to keep you guessing until the end of the movie. And if that's all you want from a movie, this is definitely not for you. But if you ever just want to go like soak in a hot tub of a movie, basically, I know that's a weird analogy, but this is that movie. It's special. It's good. It's beautiful. 
It is it is just the pinnacle of filmmaking in my mind. I just love it so much. Next on the list, and this is the third one, is Anne of Green Gables. I know, I know. It's probably not considered masculine or a movie that typically male audiences would like. I'm not that typical. I'm a weird dude, I guess. And whatever. I have to have this movie on my list. I don't care. I, I, I like what I like, I guess. And I like Anne of Green Gables. I'll include Anne of Avonlea kind of in there just for kicks in this in the same category as they really are the same story. But I'll just I'll say Anne of Green Gables because that's kind of the first one that's that's really special. And also, let me be clear. I'm not I'm I am specifically talking about the Sullivan productions that were done in the 80s, not the recent movies that have been done. And although I do have to say I do have a lot of high praise and affinity for the Netflix series that's come out but for completely different reasons than the Sullivan production that I'm talking about now. In fact, that Netflix series, my wife and I, I, I fall asleep usually like 9, 10 o'clock. What, just whenever we start to like relax, I start to fall asleep at night. But we stayed up. I think we binged that, that second season of Anne, Anne with an E on Netflix. We binged it till like 2 in the morning. We just couldn't stop watching it. I, I really loved it, but... That is not on the list. It's a TV series, and I'm talking about Anne of Green Gables from the 80s, the Sullivan production. I think period pieces are something that I'm a sucker for a lot of times, if they're good, that is. I, I think what really appeals to me about this movie is that it's just pure escapism. It takes you a t- to a time when things were simpler, and not just a time, but a place where the landscapes are just stunningly beautiful. It just feels authentically like it's from the turn of the century. It's a beautiful production, and I just find myself going to it time and time again for perfect escapism, and not to mention that music that just elevates it to a whole new level of, of, of beauty. I, I really love this movie. I think it's fantastic. It's, it isn't necessarily number three on my list, but it's on my top ten list. The next movie, and this, I don't know, this may surprise some of you, but the, the next movie on the list is The Green Mile. The Green Mile is a movie I became obsessed with probably around high school. And yes, it is rated R, and I know I wasn't supposed to at the time, and I wasn't I certainly wasn't encouraged to to watch anything rated R, and I get that. But alas, mother, youth finds a way. And I loved the movie so much that it I end I also ended up reading the book around that same time. And I was so impressed. The adaptation from book to screen was masterfully done by Frank Darabont. It's hard to explain what it was that I found so compelling about the movie. And certainly the production value alone is enormously high. The acting is superb. The production design itself feels lived in and real. And again, yeah, it's a period piece. I get it. I love period pieces. But getting back to it, I think what really appealed to me most was just this innocent, simple-minded man in a world where no one understands him. And he's treated poorly, both for his race and now for being innocently jailed. He just represented something that I wanted I wanted to be a part of. I wanted I just wanted to be good in my core. You know, like like this guy was. He was just he was just good no matter what happened to him. The core of him was just innocent and good. And that's something that I wanted to be. And just check out on YouTube the scene between Michael Clark Duncan and Tom Hanks when he talks about having pieces of glass in his head all the time. That is just such a such a powerful scene, and there's a lot of a lot of great moments in this movie. It's one of my top ten for sure. Number five on my list is Heavyweights. 
That's right. I'm talking about the 90s comedy heavyweights with Ben Stiller. And I'm going to say it's Ben Stiller's best performance. And I'm not even saying that derogatorily. I really think it is. And he's a great actor, right? He's done some great stuff. But I really think this is one of his best. I think it is. It's just it, it cracks me up so much. Him as Tony Perkins is just hilarious. It is so representative of the 90s. And it just it gives me a lot of joy. And I, I, I am a product of the 90s. It's when I grew up. That's when I had my childhood. And this just feels like I'm back in the 90s. Also, the writing was hilarious. I don't, I don't know what else to say other than I could just put this on continuous play. Never get sick of it. So many great one-liners. I just love getting in the same room as someone else that knows this movie in and out. That's just some of the best one-liner quoting you'll ever do. Gets two people that love heavyweights and it's just going to be a blast quoting that movie even more so than napoleon dynamite tina come get some dinner all right number six on my list and this may be up there in the top three i think this with uh fantastic mr fox and tree of life and this this isn't an easy story and it certainly has stylized moments that are straight out of the 70s as far as talking like directorial choices and what they did with the camera but i i don't think you're ever going to find a better adaptation a better musical or better performances ever. You just feel so deeply for Tevia as he's forced to come up against a changing world. The, the, the challenges, his traditions and life structure and his religious views. And no one has or ever will play the part of Tevia better than Chaim Topol. I, I'm sure I slaughtered that name, but he just knocked it out of the park and it is so beautiful just such a profound and impressive production that deals with a lot of really deep issues and does so in such a beautiful and compelling way. All right, number seven on the list, Lord of the Ring. And yes, the whole trilogy by Peter Jackson kind of feels like one, uh, but you know, somewhat cohesive cinematic experience. But for the sake of trying to be singular, I'll just say that, that this trilogy is one of my favorites, yes, but I do think Fellowship of the Ring is my ultimate favorite of all of them. And if you didn't know this already, I just love filmmaking. I'm continually in awe of and inspired by the creative medium that is filmmaking. And, and I think The Lord of the Rings represents the true essence of the art of filmmaking. It is artistic, but, artistic, but also hugely entertaining. And what Peter Jackson did here changed film. It changed filmmaking. And put, he put something on the big screen we had never before seen, and I would say we haven't seen since. It kind of represents the last of those really practical effect, really lived-in type of movies. I, I don't know if I'm making sense there, but you know everything today just feels like you throw up a green screen and you're good to go. But it just felt so real, so practical, and 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 I just I loved it so much. And whenever I'm sick, I just pop in the bonus features just to watch and soak in the creative process. I just love it. It's like my dream to be a part of something like this. And maybe I just need to get off my rear end and start creating my own art. I don't know. I mean, I do know. I need to do that. And I love it so much. Why am I not doing that? Your guess is as good as mine. Number eight on the list, Secondhand Lions. Look, Secondhand Lions isn't a masterpiece necessarily. It, it doesn't represent the most artistic filmmaking or the most actually it, it does have kind of an artistic element to it, but it's not, I don't know if it's for the masses. There's probably certain people that are attracted to this movie more than others, 
And it, there's nothing really all that logical about the the setup to this movie, but it is something special that I can't explain. It was the last performance I really remember seeing from Haley Joel Osment, and, and he did a great job. It was also hilarious just seeing Robert Duvall and Michael Caine come together. Something about this movie just clicked with me. I loved the imagination, the idea of a pure soul trapped in a horrible situation and earning the love and respect of his crazy uncles. It was just a fun time period, again, with the period pieces, right? But this movie just represents to me how fun and endearing film can be. And I don't know if I could put my finger on it exactly, but yeah, there's, there is something really special here. Number nine. Number nine is Hook. I'm talking the 90s adaptation of the Peter Pan story by Steven Spielberg starring Robin Williams. I have a tendency to just like the story of Peter Pan altogether. I loved it ever since I was a child. I grew up with the Mary Martin VHS of the Mary Martin Peter Pan Broadway production. I watched that thing on just like continuous play. I just loved that thing in kindergarten. And, you know, Finding Neverland almost made it to this list, but I I kind of put it on maybe an honorable mention more because I just think Hook is my favorite version of this story. I find it wonderfully imaginative and emotionally resonant. Steven Spielberg was still at it, just thriving off that creative process. You know, when you when you watch him and his creative element and you just see glimpses of that, it's just uh, he was built for this. He was made to create. And I just love I love seeing that. I cannot say enough about the perfection of having Robin Williams in this role. The idea of having an adult, the I guess having an adult forget what it means to be a child or childlike makes it even more resonant to me now as a depressed 30-something in the workforce. But did it seem a little harsh to anyone else to have Rufio get killed or Peter Pan? Did it seem weird when he when large Tinkerbell kissed him or what's the deal with the scene with the mermaids giving him air? I don't know. Yeah. There's some weird crap going on in this movie, but overall it is fantastic. And I mean that in the literal sense of that word again, just pure escapism. I love it. And, and it's very quotable and very memorable. And I'm excited that now my daughter also loves it. And I just think it's a great time. The last one on the list, the number 10 is remember the Titans. I watched this movie as much as any other, probably, except for maybe heavyweights. I don't know. I I really interchanged those quite a bit. In my teenage years, I basically usurped a section of the garage as kind of my hangout place. I called it the shop. And I had a couch in there, a fridge, a TV, basically anything a movie-loving adolescent could ever want. And this is how I managed to watch The Green Mile without being reprimanded at least uh, in person. But I I must have watched this particular movie, Remember the Titans, like 10,000 times, something like that. It is a blast, and and it deals, and there's more to it than that. It deals with real issues in the racially charged culture of the time. It has great humor, fun performances, and a real feeling of camaraderie. You know, think thinking about it now, I just, it represents what it could be like if we all just set aside our differences and got to know each other. It's just such a great movie, and it feels, again, it's a period piece. So here I go. I know I've got a lot of those on this list, and uh, and I just love it. So there you go. There's my top 10 favorite movies of all time. That list might be fluid. There's some that are kind of jumping in and out. Maybe I should have done an honorable mentions, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. 
because this has gone on long enough. But there you go. Top 10 movies. I'd love to know what some of your favorite movies are. Were you surprised about any of my movies that are on this list? Did any of them shock you? And if so, let me know. Talk to me. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Give me a shout out on Twitter at Cinematic. That's Cinematic with two Ts. Get in touch with me on Facebook. It's just look up Cinematic Reviews. I would love to hear from you. This is Cinematic Reviews, and this has been a top 10 favorite movies of all time.